Hello, my diamonds. Welcome to episode 63. My name is Sabrina Victoria and I am your host. Today is October 18th, Thursday, 2018. Where has the time gone? Oh my gosh. So yesterday I was asked at work, why are you always so happy? (laughs) Now this is a question that I I've gotten often throughout my life, and I always say the same thing. I always say, I am alive. Not something to be excited about because not everyone woke up today. And um, today, or, you know, yesterday though, I kind of sat back and I thought, you know, people think that this happiness is something that can only be attained if something great has happened. Like the only way that someone could possibly be so happy is if I just, you know, if something just fantastic happened that morning or that day. And I just kind of thought, you know, why, why does it have to be that way? Why does it have to be something so big, um, in order for somebody to feel like it's appropriate to feel happiness And so I thought I would touch on this today. So join me. She has no business giving advice because all the so-called social norms are against her. But she's here in your world to give her slightly biased, in-your-face opinion on how she thinks you could human better. Follow now to catch all their inspirational words on life, business, love, and learning to empower yourself. And now, your host, Sabrina Victoria. Hello, Diamonds. How is everyone doing today? Thanks very much for joining me today. Today's podcast is sponsored by a new individual that I just recently came across, Ines Simpson. She is a hypnosis hypnosis therapist in the health and wellness industry. She has a fantastic podcast that I have had the joy of listening to. Um, I will be putting her links down below in the description. She covers everything from relationships with your child to following your dreams to clearing your mindset. Check her out and be sure to let her know that you found her through my site. I really think you will enjoy um, her expertise in that field if that is something that you have um, been looking to look into. So let me play her message here and we'll get to our podcast. Have you stopped to think seriously about hypnosis? Hypnosis can set you on your way to better health, can free you from anxiety, phobias, and so much more. Join host Inez Simpson for Hypnosis Everywhere, Inez Simpson and the Simpson Protocol. This show is for anyone from the experienced hypnotist practitioner to the merely curious. Inez Simpson offers tools and insights from the whole world of hypnosis with guests and open discussions. Hypnosis Everywhere, The Simpson Protocol, airs live every Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on Voice America Health and Wellness. Today, I am talking about happiness and um, my thought processes on it, my thought process on it, I guess, 
And um, I've talked about this before. This is a subject that isn't foreign to my um, my site or my podcast or my YouTube. And as the years have gone by, my thought process has maybe altered or evolved or changed here or there, but I kind of thought about it yesterday. And, you know, I did some research on it and was reading you know, statistics on it and stuff. And I found that 67%, don't ask me where I found that. Excuse me. 67% of people claim to be happy. And I kind of thought to myself, I don't know if you guys have ever heard this before, but there's like this exercise that you can do. And I remember doing it a long time ago where the lecturer or the teacher or whatever tells you to take all the things in your life, all the stuff in your life that, that is you, um, work, relationships, being a mom, a dad, um, your exercise, your health, uh, your friendships, and put all of it into a blender, right? Because we're all different. Sometimes our relationships are fantastic and our work totally sucks. Or maybe our relationship is totally sucky, but our work is amazing. There's ups and downs, and there's all sorts of, of, of goodness and not so goodness in our lives that create happiness or create sadness. But if you take everything and you put it all into a blender and you were to blend it up and you were to give your overall life a number, one through 10, 10 being amazing, great, and one being horrific. And where would you fall? And according to this statistic, 67% is where people fall. Okay. So I did my own. I was like, you know what? I wonder what would happen if I just kind of like went around and was just like, Hey, where's your level of happiness between one and 10? And pretty much everyone that I talked to gave me a seven and some people gave me a six. And the way that they worked this out in their head as I was having conversations is that everyone starts at 10. So they think, okay, 10 is great. And then they take the two or the three things or four things, whatever it is, that aren't going so good in their lives and they subtract it. So maybe their relationship isn't going so well. Or maybe their health isn't so well. Or maybe, you know, they're... Um, the job that they're at isn't going so well, or maybe their dreams and ambitions that they thought that they would have hit by the time they're 36 years old haven't quite hit yet. And they take away. So that brings them down to a six or a seven or whatever it is. And um, most people think that's pretty good. Like seven, that's pretty good. You know, not bad. It's more on the high side. But I was kind of thinking about it, and I'm like, if our child came home with even just a 70% on their test, that's a C minus. Would you be happy with that? Would you be, oh, good job. I'm so proud of you. Or would you actually think to yourself, hmm, maybe we should have a little sit down. Maybe we should have a little powwow. Maybe we should do some extra studying, some extra reading, put some extra time and effort into that subject. What do you think? I think that's where our mindset would be. So why is it okay for us to feel as if telling somebody a six or a seven is fair 
or as good or satisfactory when it's actually a C minus or maybe even a D minus. And it kind of got me thinking as to why. Why is that okay? And I think number one, the doing this exercise, I recommend you to do this exercise. So jump in, evaluate, give yourself a number, honestly, and then look at the reasons why you took two or three numbers off the top. And what were those two or three things? Was it your job? Was it your family? Was it your relationship with your mom? Was it um, whatever it is? And that is a great way to identify, really honestly identify what is causing you grief in your life. Because the first way to kind of start to alter your life into a happy state is to identify the things that are causing you grief. So everyone usually has a handful of things that make them very happy. Like my number one thing is the fact that I am alive. (laughs) Super happy, right? But then there could be a few things that are causing us grief. And the first way to kind of make sure that you're moving forward is to make sure that you're identifying those things. It's a good starting point. And allows you to be able to open the conversation for yourself or open the conversation up to whoever's causing you grief, a boss, a coworker, a friend, your lover. And how close to happiness do you want to be? How much do you need happiness? Everyone wants happiness. But you never get your wants. You rarely get your wants, but you always get your needs. How much do you need happiness? And you might have to start having some serious conversations. You know, I go by the thought process constantly for probably about the past 10 years. And it goes something like this. Your life is directly impacted in a positive or negative way in accordance to how many uncomfortable how many uncomfortable conversations you are willing to have. Does that make sense? So your life is directly impacted in a negative or positive way by the amount of uncomfortable conversations you're willing to have. So if you're having issues with your children, if you're having issues with your parents, if you're having issues with your lover, with your ex, I've been there. How many honest conversations, hard conversations, are you willing to have in order to fix that 
or in order to get rid of that. See, I think a lot of times what happens is when we continue to have negative people in our lives, it's kind of like a weight. How many of you have or can specifically think immediately of just a negative individual? When you're around them, it just automatically feels heavier. Because this is what happens. We carry these people on our shoulders or on our ankles, and it's like a weight that you're pulling along, or it's like trying to trudge through mud. And it's really, really difficult to move quickly or to move fast in any sort of direction because they're constantly pulling you back, constantly holding you back. A lot of times they're doing it on purpose, and a lot of times they don't even know that they're doing it. But it's your responsibility to acknowledge it and to see it and to do one of two things. When I've talked about this before, a couple podcasts ago, negative people. So you can get rid of them, not associate with them anymore, which sometimes is hard to do, especially if it's your lover. (laughs) Or number two, you're going to have to have a conversation, maybe several conversations, very difficult conversations. Maybe a therapist or a third party will have to be involved in order to work out the negativeness that has been um, lulling over your relationship in whatever area it's at. I think a lot of times, at least in my life, in my past, I can think of a handful of individuals that I have carried um, at one point or another, whether it was for long extended amounts of time or short amounts of time, where like I can remember specific incidences where they would come to me for advice. They would come to me for help because I'm always the happy one. I'm always the one that solves the problems. But what happens is you give them advice and you take the time and the effort to try to create happiness in their life and they steal all your time and they steal all your energy and they hang up the phone or they leave the conversation and two days later they call you back. They did the exact opposite of everything you told them to do or advised them to do. Now they're stuck even deeper in a deeper pit of mud that they're then again expecting you to lift them out of and walk along and try to help them. All so much negativity. So much negativity that is bringing our 10 happiness down a few notches. And like I said, these relationships are hidden in our lives. They're hidden in our world. And it's really, really important to start either having really uncomfortable conversations with them in order to bring honesty and your feelings into light. Maybe the, maybe the relationship is going to have to alter in some way. Or to really lessen the amount of time, like a coworker, for instance, I've had this issue with. The amount of time that you're spending with that person, you're going to have to cut it down half, fourth, an eighth, so that they don't have time 
to bring you down and to bring the negativity down. Now, when it comes to happiness, the important thing to remember, and this is, this is the part that people miss with me, is happiness is all over the place, all the time, highs and lows all the time. And I think what the misconception is, is that people think that like there's a point of happiness where like once you reach this point, then you'll be happy. Like once I get this promotion, then I'll be happy. Once I lose 50 pounds, then I'll be happy. Once I find my soulmate, then I'll be happy. And there, it's like this waiting game, constant waiting game of like once this, then this. And that's not how it works. See, happiness has to be created in the moment. And then more happiness will come your way. And the way to create happiness in the moment is to be conscious of the wins that you've had in your life. See, so many of us feel as if it has to be easy in order to be happy. Like their ultimate feeling of pure happiness is being able to not work, like on a Sunday, wake up, turn on the TV, never get out of bed, and just watch TV and maybe eat leftover pizza from two nights before and do nothing all day. And this is their pure bliss. This is what they think happiness is. Now, don't get me wrong. Maybe in the slight moment while you're eating those two slices of pizza, you're feeling satisfied. But what happens when the day is over? What happens when you realize you didn't get anything done? What happens on Monday when you realize that nothing over the weekend was actually accomplished? Do you wake up super excited on Monday? Super pumped on Monday? Probably not. If anything, you're probably more tired. Like you thought you did all this relaxing, but in actuality, you feel more tired more worn out, you feel further behind than you did the week before because you didn't do anything productive. See, the key, I believe, is that happiness comes from struggle. You have to have serious hardships in your life in order to truly feel happiness. So working out on the weekend and struggling through a difficult workout, struggling through a 90-minute hot yoga class, struggling through trying to figure out where your side hustle or where your passion is going and running and um, maybe jotting down ideas as far as where you want to be 20 years from now financially or where you want to be health-wise and coming up with a plan and being creative and where you want your life to go. See, these are the things that create happiness. Divorces actually cause happiness. Breaking of, um, losing a job can create happiness. But see, what happens is that people choose to stay 
in the negative state of mind when something bad happens instead of learning from it. And see, that's where the difference is. And I think that that is why people view me as being too happy or why are you always so happy? See, because I've taken all of my struggles, I've taken all of my hardships, I've taken all of my loneliness, and instead of dwelling on it, instead of saying, woe is me, instead of saying, my life sucks, nobody understands my life, my life is the worst, instead of saying that, I chose to look at my situation learn from my situation, educate myself on my situation, teach others about how to overcome the same situation and have chose to get rid of negative people. And see what happens is when you dig through all of that stuff, when you allow yourself time to cry, when you allow yourself time to to feel down, And then you look up and you realize that you've become stronger. When you realize that you've gained confidence, when you realize you didn't die, you didn't die. Like me getting pregnant at the age of 20, devastation. I was raised in an extremely Christian household where that just was not acceptable. And I thought I was going to die. And I didn't. And when my bills were due and I was paying a shitload in babysitting and I wasn't making enough money and I had a car and I had a phone and I had rent and I had utility bills, and I had negative $8 in my account and my car was getting repoed and my apartment had an eviction notice on it. I thought I was gonna die. And then I didn't. And I did everything I could to survive. I did everything I could to pull myself by myself out of that rut instead of sitting down and giving up, instead of becoming a drug addict, instead of becoming an alcoholic, instead of sitting back and crying and wasting time, I sat down in my one-bedroom apartment And I came up with a plan, a plan to dig myself out of what I had created for myself. And at the end of that one struggle, I became stronger. When I gave birth to my child and I realized I didn't die, I became stronger. When I was late on my bills and I somehow found a way to make side money consistently, I felt stronger. I felt more confident. I felt happier. And as the struggles continued to come, as the hardships continued to come, as the 
the destructive relationships, the destructive friendships continued to come. I continued to fight and I continued to swim and trudge and it made me so much more confident in my ability. It made my mind so much stronger. It made my emotional intelligence so much more keen and precise and focused because I insisted on happiness. I insisted on greatness. And the more that I continued to move forward and forced myself to move forward, the happier and the stronger and the more confident I became as an individual, not as a woman, as an individual. And once I became stronger as a person, as a being, that is when I was able to focus more on being a mother, on being a woman, on being a good spouse, a good lover, a good neighbor, a great coworker. But first, as an individual, finding happiness as a human being. But all of that comes from struggling. And I think honestly that that is where the, the misstep is, is people think it's supposed to be easy. And when it's not easy, we get so down and we get so depressed and we get so almost angry because you look around and you feel like everyone, Instagram and Facebook is giving us this warped feeling of smiles and happiness. And you think to yourself, I haven't felt that in so long. There must be something wrong with me. I must be depressed. I must not be happy. Because you haven't struggled enough. See, that's the problem. You tippy-toe around life to make it easy. You don't have uncomfortable conversations with your spouse because you're trying to make it easy. You allow people to beat you up emotionally and mentally because you don't want to stand up for yourself, because you don't want an argument, because you want it to be easy. And you think that easy equals happiness, but that's not what it is. The struggle in the conversation is what brings happiness. The feeling that you get from explaining and pouring out your actual emotions is what brings you happiness. And unfortunately, in the world we live in today, there's so much miscommunication. There's so much silence. And the reason why 
is because we're so bombarded with noise, TV, Netflix, YouTube, podcasts like this, radio, advertisements, songs over the radio at Walmart, at Target. There's constant noise, constant advertising, marketing being bombarded at our minds, and there's never any silence. So when's a good time to have that conversation with your spouse when the radio or the TV is always on? And I know that you can attest to this. I know you can relate to this because there has had times, there has been times when you wanted to have a conversation with somebody, something was going on in the background as far as noise. And you thought to yourself, I will have the conversation after this show or after this song. And then what happens? The commercial for the next show comes on of what's going to be happening. And your spouse says, oh, look, I can't wait to watch this show. And then instead of having the conversation of, hey, listen, I think we should talk. You don't want to disrupt the happiness that you think is in the room. So you allow the next show to play and you tell yourself that you will have the conversation after the next show. But then it happens again. And then before you know it, it's 11 o'clock at night and it's time for bed. And you think to yourself, I'll have the conversation just before bed. But then your spouse says something like, I'm so tired. I have to wake up so early. And you think to yourself, well, I don't want to disrupt their happiness. I don't want to disrupt the content that you feel like they have. So you put your happiness on the side and you sleep on it. And you think to yourself tomorrow morning. And then tomorrow morning comes and you woke up late because you stayed up too late and your spouse is rushed or maybe snippy because he's tired or she's tired and they go off to work and you never had the conversation because you didn't want them to get upset right before work. And then you think to yourself that maybe you'll have the conversation over the lunch break, over the phone. So over the lunch break, you give your spouse a call and they're a little agitated because maybe... Their lunch was cut in half because work was a little crazy and something's going on at work with this coworker or this coworker and there's something negative going on and you don't want to add to the negativity. So you say to yourself, you know what? I will put this on hold, allow them to just deal with what they're dealing with right now because I don't want to add to it and I'll talk to them after work. And then after work, the same exact steps happen. Again, and a whole day goes by, and then a whole week goes by, and then a whole month goes by, and a whole year goes by, and a whole decade goes by. And you never took the time to have your uncomfortable conversation because you think that happiness is easy. Happiness doesn't come from easy. Happiness comes from overcoming the struggle. And that is the key. And that is exactly where the misstep is in communication. That is exactly where the misstep is 
and why more people aren't 100% happy. And so many people are okay with being 60% happy or 70% happy. And I think what we need to start doing is we need to start holding ourselves to the standard that we hold our children to. Because like I said, if your children or your child came home with a test that said 70%, which is a C minus, you know very well that you would sit down with your child and you would have an uncomfortable conversation with your child. But when your relationship is at 70%, for some reason, we don't want to have an uncomfortable conversation with our spouse in order to take our 70% and bring it up to 100%. But we put that weight on our children. We hold our children accountable to be at 100%. What kind of example, what kind of example are you for your child? Because even though you think you're acting happy, your children are smart. And your children are intuitive. And if your spouse isn't going to be strong enough or your spouse doesn't want happiness enough because they don't need happiness, maybe you're going to have to be the one that goes up to them and has that conversation with them or at work with a coworker or with your boss Standing up for yourself standing up for what you deserve, standing up for respect are all things that are necessary to feel happiness. So challenge yourself. Today, challenge yourself to really sit down and evaluate your life from one to 10. And where is your scale? Where do you fall? Are you a 10? Are you a nine, an eight, a seven, a six? And then grade yourself. What is your test score? And then key in on what things are bringing you from a 10 down. What are the one or two or three or four things that you're not fully satisfied in in your life? And come up with a plan, come up with a focus Take the struggle that it's going to take. Don't be so weak. Don't be such a baby. Stop procrastinating because I promise you that the struggle it takes to bring those areas in your life 
from a six or a seven to a 10 will bring you so much satisfaction, will bring you so much happiness. Happiness, yes, is a state of mind. I can say that I am happy. And then my world is happy because I believe that your words and your language and your vocabulary create truth. However, it's not forever. The only reason that I can continuously say that I am truly happy is because of the struggle, is because of the conversations, is because of the hardship. See, there's been so much stuff and I didn't die. And because I didn't die, because I came out stronger, because I came out more confident, I can then truly feel what it feels like to be so satisfied, so satisfied with my outcome. And what this creates is it creates an ability to have confidence in the fact that I can do it again. And again, and again, and again. Because my mind is strong. If you don't ever strengthen your mind, your mind is a muscle, just like the muscles in your body. And I know there's so many of you out there that have hit the peak of like gorgeousness with your body. I know I have. And I think often about it. I remember the day my body was or maybe your body body is, but remember how that felt. Remember when you first started working out and bench press, like me bench pressing the, just the bar was like such a struggle, just the bar and feeling like an idiot, just the bar and feeling embarrassed but working through the struggle. And I remember how I felt when I was able to put two little five pounds on either side of the bar. And I remember feeling strong, like I'm doing it. And then I remember when I was able to put two tens on the bar and how I felt so strong, confident, Confident in my ability to be able to strengthen my body. Your mind is the same exact way. Remember when you start running and you can barely run. You're running and walking and running and walking and running and walking, mostly walking. And then before you know it, a few weeks in, you're jogging a whole mile. And then a few more weeks in, you're jogging two miles then a few more weeks in, you're actually timing yourself. And how emotionally satisfying is it is to be able to accomplish such, such feats that you never thought possible 
two months ago or three months ago. Your mind is the same exact way. You have to allow your mind to struggle. Allow your mind to figure out the puzzles, to work things out. Sitting on the couch and zoning out to a TV show and allowing your mind to just become mush is never, ever going to create happiness for you. It has to work. It has to feel hurt. It has to feel unstable. And you have to allow it to work through things. You have to allow it to feel. in order for it to truly develop. And it's, it's literally as simple and as hard as that. And just like everything else that I talk about, it's all on you, all of it. There's nothing that I can do. There's nothing that I can say. This podcast is going to end and there's going to be silence. And then you're going to have a choice to fill the void with something else or to allow your mind to sit in silence and to be honest with yourself about the areas in your life that are not at 100% and to figure out a plan of action to get those areas to where you need them to be. And once you start working on all of that stuff, happiness will pour upon you because your mind is satisfied in knowing that it is working, which is what it is supposed to do. That is what it is supposed to do. Your mind is supposed to eat. Your eyes are supposed to see. And your mind is supposed to work out problems. That's what it's for. Not allowing your mind to work out problems is like walking around with a blindfold on your eyes all day. Would you ever do that? Would you ever wake up in the morning and put a blindfold on and then just go about your day? You're, you're in, it's incapable. You're incapable of doing anything like that. Your mind works the same way. Going through life and avoiding all the struggles, avoiding all the conflict, avoiding all of the difficult conversations is the same thing you're doing to your mind that you would be doing to your eyes walking around in a blindfold. You need to use your mind the way it was meant to be used. The happiness comes from problem solving and struggling. That's what it comes from. I promise you. So I encourage you right now, as soon as this podcast ends, 
to sit in silence. Be honest with yourself about the areas in your life that aren't quite right, that aren't quite at a 10. Whether they're at a one or a two or a nine, we should always strive to work at 100%. Because what else are you doing? What else are you doing? Strive for a 10 in all areas of your life. Be honest with yourself. Jot them down and start working today on a plan to get all the aspects of your life to a full circle. Tens all the way around. To feel whole. To feel happiness. Thanks so much for joining me here at Nation of Diamonds. I was your host, Sabrina Victoria. Be sure to follow me here on SoundCloud and check out all my other social media under sabrinavictoria.com. Always healthy, passion-filled content here. I am here to support you in your dreams. Please feel free to reach out to me anytime. I am always willing to hear and guide you to your passion. Do something awesome today. Much love. Sabrina Victoria, founder of the Nation of Diamonds, is seeking out individuals who understand the value of the human body and who are striving towards their greatest potential. If that's you, come join this movement and let's collaborate. Visit SabrinaVictoria.com for more information.